Hey, it's Roger and Grant. Let's get to talking sports. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about today, actually, with trade deadlines, crazy, like, sits and, like, chains at QB and stuff. But, yeah, crazy couple days in the past uh, two days for the NFL. So we're going to dive right in. We're going to go ahead and go into trade deadlines. Um, so I've got the first one pulled up that is on this list, and it's the Buffalo Bills with the Green Bay Packers. So the Bills get Rasul Douglas from the Green Bay Packers and a 2024 fifth-round draft pick. Green Bay got a 2024 third-round draft pick from the Buffalo Bills. What do we think about that one? I think, obviously, the Packers are not not looking to compete right now, looking to rebuild, get some draft capital, get rid of a cornerback that has played okay. I mean, he's not at the top-of-the-line cornerback, but he is going to suffice filling in for some of the injuries that the Bills have had in their secondary so I think it was a good pickup by the Bills. I don't think it's that big of a deal. We'll see how it transitions to the field. Yeah, I think this is a Bills team right now on defense that's kind of hurting. And Rasul's not up there, but he is a veteran quarterback in the in the league and has been with the Green Bay Packers for a little bit. So, yeah, I don't see why not. They went after him and tried to build their defense back up. But, yeah, Green Bay position, I think they're just at a rebuild. So, uh, let's move to the next one. We got the Detroit Lions with the Browns. So the Detroit received Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Cleveland received a 2025 sixth-round draft pick. I think this is great. I think Detroit was looking for a little bit more coming from Jamison Williams coming back, and just Jamison Williams just hasn't been an impact out there. So just go out and get another athlete. Donovan Peoples-Jones is a top athlete in his draft class, and he hasn't been able to put the pieces together with the Browns. So I think it's mutually beneficial to both teams. The Browns are getting rid of a player that they don't really see a future with. And Detroit gets to get a lot more athleticism in their wide receiver core. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think Detroit's going to obviously use him more as kind of like a clear route. And then obviously with Amon Ra and Josh Reynolds, I mean, those three guys right there. And then, yeah, Jameson Williams has just not been, what we thought he would be so far. So I don't see why not like go after another wide receiver. This Detroit offense is firing on all cylinders. So um, good to see like Jameer Gibbs getting into the mix. So I think just adding another receiver like that is, is good for them. So Browns. Yeah. They just need to rebuild. Their defense is really good, but man, their offense. (laughs) And you got Deshaun Watson soaking up so much money. With his contract, yeah. it's going to be hard to solidify that offensive part of the ball without a quarterback that can really make a difference. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's going to be hard. All right, next one. We got the 49ers and the Commanders. So the Niners received Chase Young, and Washington received a 2024 third-round draft pick. I think Chase Young is an absolute freak athlete. I think that this is a really great fit for him because – when Washington was going into places, yeah, they had uh, Montez Sweat, who also got traded, which we'll talk about in a second. But a lot of teams were just focusing right in on Chase Young. So I think getting to San Francisco, where there's a lot of other defensive guys to worry about, he's actually going to be in the backfield just as much as Joey Bosa. And it's going to be really hard to move the ball on San Francisco. But it's a piece that I think San Francisco is missing. So I think that this really helps out San Francisco. 
I didn't really understand why the commanders were trying to sell a lot at this deadline. I didn't think that they were too far out of it, but their defense, which wasn't great to begin with, just got worse this trade deadline. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Commander's, like, secondary has been struggling. So, I mean, when your secondary's struggling, you want guys that can get to the QB fast. Um, and, yeah, trading Chase Young and Sweat away, don't see why they did that, but there must be something within the organization that was going on. But, yeah, I mean, Niners definitely win that trade with Chase Young coming in. They've got the other side. You got Bosa on one side. You got Chase on the other side. That's that's going to be a strong duo trying to get into the backfield for the Niners with an already great defense. So we'll see if that brings them out of their losing streak. But I think that's a great, this, great pick. This San Francisco team reminds me a lot of the all-star Golden State Warriors team that just got put together with a bunch of guys that were chasing rings. And I mean, not a bunch of guys, Kevin Durant chasing a <laughs> ring, but then they had so much talent yeah. elsewhere, except San Francisco is that team just without a quarterback. Brock Purdy's been okay, but it's not like they have Steph Curry at point guard like the Golden State Warriors did. Yeah. I think this is yeah, just yeah. like a super team with Grayson Allen at point guard, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've clearly seen in the last couple of weeks like Brock is either he's just not mentally there or – He's just getting exposed, but yeah, it's like having Grayson Allen at your point guard. Not not okay. <laughs> All right, let's move to the next one. We got the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Vikings. So Jacksonville received Ezra Cleveland, offensive line, and Minnesota received a 2024 sixth round draft pick. I think the Jaguars just wanted to solidify offensive line. They just had an injury uh, to one of their offensive linemen. I forget which one, but I know that they're just trying to protect their franchise quarterback. I mean, they've invested a lot into Trevor Lawrence being the future of this team. So you got to protect him. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good, good trade for them. They need to be able to protect and continue to get Travis into the end zone. And yeah, I don't see why not Minnesota, obviously with the injury to Kirk cousins. I mean, the next one is a Minnesota trade that we'll talk about as well, but yeah, Minnesota is just now at that point where it's like, dang, like Kirk's down. Jefferson's down. We probably should just kind of take what we have already and, and see what we can get. So, yeah, the next one with that then is the Minnesota Vikings and the Cardinals. Minnesota received Josh Dobbs and a 2024 seventh-round draft pick. Arizona received 2024 sixth-round draft pick. I think this is awesome for Minnesota. I think Josh Dobbs is a baller. I think he's as smart as can be. And quarterback is a position that being smart is really – important being able to game plan yeah. being able to read defenses being able to find the weak spot in defenses and i think josh dobbs was doing just fine in arizona just there's no talent down there in arizona so i think that he'll actually be a good fit throwing to jordan addison throwing to justin jefferson when he comes back i think this is great news for hawkinson fans and for jefferson owners and for jordan addison owners because You'll have a non-rookie throwing you the ball, and Josh Dobbs has proven that he can he can compete. He's not going to be Hall of Famer out there, but yeah, yeah. At least it's not a a rookie QB that hasn't played yet, and you got Dobbs that can be mobile, run around, get the ball to the guys that need the ball. Um, 
yeah, we'll see see how Minnesota is after that trade. Um, next one, Chicago Bears and the Commanders. Chicago received Montez Sweat, and the Commanders received a 2024 second-round draft pick. Like I said, I don't understand how this benefits either team. Washington's defense is atrocious, and they uh-huh. just got worse. And the Bears are out of it. The Bears are rebuilding, so... Unless they're looking to sign Montez Sweat to a really long-term agreement. They got better this year. Montez Sweat is a baller, but yeah, I didn't really see why Chicago was buying at the deadline. Didn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. No, definitely. They should try to at least sell, get some more draft picks and stuff, be able to get some guys in there. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting. I don't know if they like want to keep Montez Sweat or they got him for who knows what reason, maybe next year to see what they can pull. I don't know, but yeah, don't see the reason in any of those ones. Uh, next one, we got the Falcons and the Eagles, the Falcons. Received, I'll just say, uh, this, this trade deadline was really boring. I was expecting some big players to move. I was expecting Dallas to go out and try and get someone to sure up their offense. Yeah. You know, Dallas didn't move at all. The Broncos didn't sell at all. The Bears nope. didn't sell at all. Tennessee, they made a big move with selling their safety buyered, and then they come out and say we're pretty much selling at the deadline, and then they don't sell anything at the deadline. That didn't make a lot of yeah. sense to me. Just because Will Levis threw four touchdowns and beat a Falcons team, you think that this could be something we can build on? I don't know. I just I was expecting more to happen. And some of the other moves were kind of minor moves. Um, I really liked Darius Leonard to the Seahawks. I thought that was a yeah. good move for the Seahawks. Show up their defense. Um, what was the Falcons when you were just going into? Uh, it was a defensive line. It's Contavia Street. So Atlanta gets a defensive lineman, and Philly just gets a 2024 six-round draft pick. Yeah. So, I... yeah, Atlanta's probably just – I don't know what Atlanta's doing. <laughs> No, but none of these are Christian McCaffrey worthy like last year when Christian McCaffrey shook the NFL by going to San Francisco. I mean, Chase Young was probably the biggest name that came out of this group and switched teams, but I think he'll make an impact. Other than that, I think that most of these, most of these are, we'll forget about him in a few months. And Josh Dobbs may be able to help the Vikings get to the playoffs, but I don't think it's that big of a deal. But another team yeah. that I thought was going to sell was the Las Vegas Raiders. They looked atrocious on Monday night. Yeah, I don't know did. what they're doing with Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams or Max Crosby, but I thought this is a team that's going to need to rebuild. They have really no core to their team. They've got three guys that you can get value out of. Get rid of those three guys at the deadline. Get some draft capital. Get some other things, and they didn't want to move. But yeah. the moves that they did make, they got rid of their head coach and their GM. What did you think of those? I mean, it's either that or Devontae Adams needs to get out of there. So if I'm looking at an organization and I'm the owner, right? Do I want to get rid of a star player that? is going to possibly bring us closer to, to that Super Bowl, Or am I going to keep the head coach and GM for like 
the last, I think, like two or three years just have consistently like not shown up in ways that we need them to show up in. So my opinion, I'm going to keep the, the superstar. I'm going to keep the guy on the team that can bring value, bring that kind of stuff to our team like Devontae to be able to bring us closer to a Super Bowl. And I'm going to get rid of McDaniels and all of them too. So I, I totally. actually what? liked it. It just looked terrible last night. Yeah. I guess my question really is how far away are the Raiders from being competitive? Is it a quarterback? I think so. They, they definitely need someone other than Jimmy G in there. And, um, Aiden O'Connell is not going to be that guy either. So I think they need to bring in, um, a QB that can be solid, can distribute it, can get it to Devante. Um, but at the same time, Raiders defense, besides Max Crosby, not been like super hot in the past couple of years either. No, so that's my biggest thing is like I think that there's a lot of holes on this team. So why not why not sell? Yeah. I just I just didn't understand it. I guess if they got a solid quarterback in there or Jimmy G decided that he actually wanted to play well, I guess this mm-hmm. team would be a lot better. I just don't see it right now. I think this team is really struggling. Yeah. So I just, it's a lost season and I don't see it getting better next year unless they make a huge move quarterback. I'm surprised they didn't try and go get Trey Lance from Dallas. Yeah. I think that Trey Lance would have been a good fit there. I think that you get a young guy with some solid wide receivers like Jacoby Myers and Devontae Adams. That could be a thriving role for a guy. Yeah, they. I'm looking at the article on ESPN as well with this. Um, so the linebackers coach, Antonio Pierce, is going to be the, the interim head coach. They also got rid of the offensive coordinator, Mike Lombardi, and the QB coach, Bo Hardegree, is going to become offensive coordinator. So, I mean, they they got rid of a lot. They got rid of McDaniels as a head coach. They got rid of the GM, and then they've got rid of their offensive coordinator. I mean, their offensive coordinator wasn't coordinated much, I'll tell you that. They were not moving the ball. Not after last night. Yeah, seriously. So, yeah. The first throw to Devontae Adams in the end zone that was underthrown by 10 feet was one of the laziest plays I've ever seen by a quarterback in an offense. It was, was, yeah. It was embarrassing to watch. Yeah, that was bad. I was pretty happy about that one, though, because I was playing against Devontae last night. So I ended up winning my fantasy matchup because Devontae Adams only caught like two catches. So bummer, bummer. But yeah, Mark Davis in the statement, all he said was after much thought about what the Raiders need to move forward, I've decided to part ways with Josh and Dave. I want to thank them both for their hard work and wish them and their families nothing but the best. And then ESPN tried to reach out to um, McDaniels and um gm right away i can't even remember the gm's name but they they said no comment at this time so i find it funny that every time someone comes out of the mike shanahan or kyle shanahan coaching tree it's like major success (laughs) they go they go and have a lot of success wherever they are mike mcdaniel D'Amico ryan i mean gary kubiak came into denver and had a lot of success right off the bat and then these bill belichick these Bill Belichick coaches go off and this is McDaniel's second time. That's just been a dumpster fire. We've seen yeah. Bill O'Brien. He's been atrocious. Matt Patricia was atrocious. 
it's really funny to me that Bill hasn't done a great job with his coaching tree and all these guys keep yeah. getting jobs and then just being terrible. Mike Shanahan deserves yeah. to be in the Hall of Fame and it's absolutely ridiculous that he's not because all the good teams in the NFL are running his system right now. Yeah. Like that, that's impact on the game that goes beyond just wins and losses, you know? Yeah. And you're impacting exactly. literally every almost every team in the in the National Football League. A few other fun yeah. fun notes this week. The Falcons named a new starting quarterback, Taylor Heineke. They asked they Arthur did. Smith. They said they said, Are you gonna stick with Desmond Ritter? Or are you gonna play Taylor Heineke? And he said, No, Ritter's our guy, and then came out three days later and said Taylor <laughs> Heineke's gonna start this week. So I find yeah. it funny. Arthur Smith Arthur Smith is just a mess right now. That Falcons yeah. team is just a mess right now. So Dude, that Falcons team makes no sense, like, offensively-wise. I mean, this last week, why are you having John Smith try to throw a pass to Kyle Pitts in the end zone? Like, that play was just so messy. And, yeah, try it. And the fact of, like, you're supporting Ritter, and then you come out three days later, and you're like, yeah, Ritter's benched. We're going to start hunting. Like, what well, is going no on? There's no secret to anyone that Ritter's played terrible. I don't – like, you don't need to defend a guy oh, that's yeah. played terrible. Ritter would have tell you, told you that – he played terrible. Yeah. So I think that he was trying to do the good coach thing and be like, no, we're sticking with our guy. But I don't think yeah. he fooled anyone. No. I actually kind of like the Falcons as a sneaky division winner with Taylor Heineke. I think Taylor Heineke yeah. is legit. I thought he played well in Washington. I think that he's kind of a baller. So. Yeah. I'm looking up right yep. now. I want to see what the odds are for them to win the division. Because I, might, I mm. might place a little... Place a little wager. Yeah, I mean, Taylor Heineke, when he was at the Commanders, like, dude was solid, came in, did what he needed to do. Um, There's a couple times I remember, like, last year where he was like, you got to rush, you got to get for the yards, and he's, like, trying to plow through dudes. So, yeah, Taylor Heineke is great backup for that team. I mean, yeah, I see the reason why you want to – bench Ritter and see what a new guy can do coming in. So we'll see how that impacts the guys that are on the Falcons, Bijan, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, those guys for fantasy wise. We'll see, see what happens. But I think Heineke's a great back quarterback. He's played. He knows what to do. He knows where to put the ball. He knows what decisions to make, what not to do, what to do. So we'll see. Yeah. Looking at it, the Falcons are the favorite to win that division right now at plus a dollar five, but you're getting, Plus money on that one. You don't have yeah. to lay anything. And then the Saints are right behind them. The Saints don't scare me because Derek Carr is atrocious. No. So yeah. the Saints don't scare me. And then Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay might be a fun fun bet. They're uh they only have they have one less win than Atlanta, but I think that mm. they have the same amount of losses. And they're you get four and a half to one and plus four eighty. So Yeah. That's that's kind of a kind of a fun one to look at because I think Baker Mayfield could put something together and get them in the playoffs, win the division. Yeah. Another interesting bet yeah. for division winners. Then, just because I'm looking at this, Seattle Seahawks plus two twenty eight. You have to lay mm-hmm. two two seventy five. So the Forty ers are two seventy five. Um, to win that NFC West yeah. division. And Seattle's plus 228, and Seattle actually has 
a lead on the division right now. Yeah. So that's another interesting one, just to throw it out there. That is interesting. I don't know if I would actually want to take it. You yeah, can't we'll see. I mean, if... see North Division winner because I think the Lions are running away with it. <laughs> yeah, the Lions are definitely winning that one. Was there any other uh, major news we wanted to share? I don't think so. I think that was pretty much it for news in the league. I mean, with Josh Jobs leaving Arizona, which I thought it was weird. Yeah. They said that Clayton Toon was going to start for them before they traded Josh Jobs. Yeah. So, anyway, that's that's some news is until Kyler Murray's coming back. We're going to get to see rookie Clayton Toon behind center for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, we'll see. That... I mean, that's probably a good transition then into kind of what we're talking about next with, like, if you're playing fantasy football, like, who do you want to pick up? Who do you, Who's on waivers? Who's sitting there that you want to get? Um, obviously, off, off the top for us, like both you and I already said before we hopped on here, like Jahan Dotson with um, the commanders, like Howell's on fire with getting those guys in their next three games with the commanders is New England, Seattle, and the Giants, whose secondary has kind of been getting torn up by wide receivers. So Dotson's not a bad ad, but jumping back to that Arizona team, um, typically with a QB that comes in like that, uh, your running back and your tight end are going to get a lot of checkdowns. So for fantasy's sake, Trey McBride, he's on your waivers he's not a bad pickup if you're trying to stream um tight ends they do play cleveland which is a great defense which could be tough but their next two games after that are atlanta and houston um which tight ends do pretty well against those two teams so yeah anybody else that you can think of if if you're playing fantasy who you can add if they're sitting on your waivers no i think quarterback's pretty much a crapshoot on waivers right now and running back Royce Freeman's interesting because Royce Freeman and uh, Daryl Henderson. and Daryl Henderson, yeah. Yeah, those two guys are just fighting for touches. It was pretty much 50-50 last week. So keep an eye on Freeman. That might be a guy that you just pick up and stash on your bench. He might take over the most of the touches in the Rams. In the yep. Rams running game. And then for wide receiver, Jahan Dotson was my big one. Pop Douglas. Demario Douglas in New England is interesting. He's really fast. They're playing the Washington Commanders next week. So that could be a fun streamer if you wanted to pick someone up looking for a big game. I think the Dallas wide receivers are all interesting because the next few weeks they're playing some terrible secondaries. So Michael Gallup, Brandon Cooks, I think those are guys that are easily startable in the next few weeks. Other than that. Yeah, absolutely. Other than that, I've been uh, pretty sad about the Tank Dell deal the past few weeks. He's only put up a few points each week. So I might be looking to stream some guys in instead of him. And then, like you said, Trey McBride with a rookie quarterback. Clayton Toon is going to be checking down a lot to some safeties like Trey McBride not running long routes. And then Chica Conklin might be interesting with the Will Levis situation. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that one. Yeah. No, those are those are good. If they're sitting on your waivers, pick them up. I would add in there too for some reason. If Zach Charbonnet is on your waivers, he's not a bad add. Um, last week, we don't know if it was more like the injury to Walker if they were splitting more time. But Charbonnet is a, a great running back. Um, at least in some of my leagues, I've seen him get like added one week and then dropped the next week. So he is one of those guys that's getting picked up and then dropped. 
um, kind of frequently, but he's not a bad stash. I mean, we are at the point of the season where injuries play a factor and it's like if dudes incur a lot of injuries and they get hurt and they're out and they're sitting, the guys that are right behind them, they get that production right coming in. And for fantasy's sake, that's, that's huge. Yeah. I mean, fantasy is all about how many touches are you getting? How many times are you touching the ball? So yep. you can put up production as long as you're getting the touches. Yeah. Last guy that's kind of a lottery pick, super high ceiling, super low floor, Jalen Hyatt. Jalen Hyatt's a guy that's been on my bench all year. I've just been stashing him. I think that New York is going to try and find ways to integrate him into the offense the last few weeks of the season. And some of these rookie guys that are just getting more comfortable in their system. I want to go back to Jahan Dotson really quick because there is something that I had been looking at the past few weeks was just the production of that offense. I think that Eric Bieniemy was getting to know the players that he had switching things up throughout the year. And they, they looked really good last week against the Philadelphia defense, which I know hasn't been great against wide receivers, but Sam Howell threw for almost 400 yards. And I think that Eric Bieniemy could be cooking something for that Washington offense. So keep an eye out. I think that McLaurin and Jahan Dotson and maybe even Curtis Samuel could be really, really big pieces the rest of the season. Yeah, absolutely. That that offense is, yeah, like you said, they're getting to know each other pretty well and they're firing. So, yeah, for fantasy's sake, he's going to get it to his wide receivers. going to be some points. Absolutely, absolutely. Then we can talk about the Thursday night game. Let's preview some Thursday night football. Yeah, who do we have on Thursday night? We got Pittsburgh and the Tennessee Titans. This will be interesting. I mean, you got Will Levis is obviously going to play with the Tennessee Titans. Roger's smiling at me. I no, love that. you crack me up because you talk about how you like the overs so much, and then you say this game is interesting. This oh. game isn't interesting to you. This is a defensive matchup. Two teams that want to <laughs> run the ball yep. and play great defense. Two coaches, Mike Vrabel and Mike Tomlin, that that's been their whole career is just playing smash-mouth football. So this game... <laughs> This game will be really funny to watch because the under over is it's like 35 or something. I'll have to I'll have to look Ooh, at it. Brutal. Yeah, so Yeah, that's that's tough. What is it at right now? Um, the over under is 36 and a half. 36 and a half. All right. Pittsburgh's a two and a half point favorite. So they're expecting this game to be pretty much 19 to 17. Pittsburgh with 20, 19 or 20 points, and then Tennessee with 17. Yeah, I so, mean, this is going to be this is gonna be a defensive battle. I mean, yeah, me personally, I love overs. I love teams that can play offense. Um, watching defensive games sometimes is extremely boring unless you have the under. But, yeah, the interesting thing, too, is, is Kenny Pickett. Do you know, is he playing for he is playing. them he this Thursday, out. or is it going to be Trubisky? He did. He, so he got came Kenny out and Pickett back. Playing. Okay. So you got a battle between Levis and Pickett. So we'll see how that goes. I mean, I said interesting at the beginning because you do have Levis playing for the Tennessee Titans. We saw the production last week with Hopkins um, and being able to get the ball downfield super quick. Again, though, Pittsburgh is a defense, um, a team that prides themselves on defense. So. 
we could see either both ways, like just defensive battle, like slow drives, lots of time running off the clock, um, lots of punts, or we can kind of see like what we saw again last week and see if see if these teams can actually create some offense this this year. Because man, if you've got like Najee on on your fantasy team. Um, Obviously, they got Deontay Johnson. Like you, definitely want to see those guys produce. Those are big name guys. Um, and if for some reason both these teams decide to like click this Thursday and and get it together and start creating some offense, you could have a really fun game. But other than that, you might. It's like you said, thirty six points is the over. Probably going to be some defense. Another another factor in that game is it'll be forty degrees at kickoff. In Pittsburgh. Mm. So it's going to be a cold game. It doesn't look like there's going to be any rain or snow, but it, it will be cold. What I find interesting and kind of funny about this matchup is the Steelers have a great defensive line going up against yes, Derrick Henry. And they've got a secondary that's been burned a lot this year. They've got the mm-hmm. rookie Porter playing cornerback, and he's played well. But other than that, they saw Minka Fitzpatrick. He got hurt last week. I don't know if he'll be back this week. But they've they've struggled in the secondary. And Will Levis looked great opening up the field downfield to DeAndre Hopkins three times and then Westbrook Akine. Vrabel might want to come out and just throw the ball in Pittsburgh. Vrabel might want to put up thirty five points and just say, you know what? This is this is the new way that we're gonna attack. So I think when I look at the over-under, it's really tempting for me because I think Kenny Pickett throwing to Deontay Johnson and George Pickens, I think this could actually be a shootout in some regard. I don't think it's going to be like 35 to 38, but I think that this could be 28 to 27 or something like that where the teams are actually moving the ball pretty well. What's the uh, what's the spread on this game? Two and a half points. So Pittsburgh a is a two and a half point favorite. Yeah, I mean that I love two and a halfs because obviously if it's by a field goal, like you get it either way. Um, that's interesting though. I mean, yeah, if you're gonna bet spread, Pittsburgh's at home. It is a colder game, but you never know. I have no idea for this game. Me personally, again, I love overs. I love seeing offense. So we'll see what happens. The Steelers are twenty-two and four against rookie quarterbacks under Mike Tomlin. Wow, this is a guy that's making his that's second start. Stat. Yeah, we shall see. I mean, at least for like, like if you've got Derrick Henry on your team, you obviously want to play him unless you got better options. Um, Deontay Johnson for Pittsburgh is a good wideout; he'll get production. So, anybody else like fantasy wise that you can see in this game that. This game might be bad for offensive scoring, but you got some guys that are pulling together fantasy points. Oh, I'll be starting. I'll be starting Deontay Johnson. I think Deontay Johnson showed that he can be a target hog on that offense, drawing 14 targets last week. So I'm really expectant for Deontay Johnson to actually put up a pretty good game. I don't like yeah, I mean, either of the Steelers running backs. I think Derek Henry no. is the only real weapon on the Tennessee offense. I guess if you have. I guess if you have DeAndre Hopkins, you have to play him because of his performance last week. I wouldn't be starting the other wide receivers in Tennessee. 
Nope. Absolutely not. I think the Pittsburgh defense might be an interesting streaming defense this week because I think that TJ Watt could force some turnovers, get a few defensive touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah, defense is always, like, tricky in fantasy. You can either, like, I, I see it two ways. You're either looking for defenses that are just playing absolutely terrible offenses that can't score, and you're getting the points purely off of the other team can't score. Or you're getting defensives, defenses that have opportunities for interceptions, turnovers, fumbles, sacks, and that's how you're going to get your points. Because um, if you've got really good defenses, I mean – point proven with like Dallas Cowboys sure they play some teams where they match up against where it's like if I'm going purely off that other team scoring points I wouldn't play Dallas's defense but Dallas's defense has that opportunity all the time to be able to get interceptions fumbles sacks they've got those guys on that on that team to do that so yeah Pittsburgh's defense definitely could be a streaming option this week if you don't have like a defense like San Francisco Dallas that you're always playing um I think the number yeah, one streaming defense is Derrick Henry. Oh yeah. Say that again. I think the number one streaming defense this week has to be Cleveland playing Clayton Tune. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that would be my number one streaming defense if you can get them, but I'm sure that they're on someone's roster in your league, so that might be difficult. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, uh Pittsburgh's secondary though. They have been giving up around like 30, 33 to 35 fantasy points to wide receivers. So, do we see another week of DeAndre Hopkins going off, or do we just see zero passing offense and just all Derrick Henry? So, the Tennessee wide receiver that may have a big game, but I don't think you should spend any fantasy capital on him, Kyle Phillips. Kyle Phillips is a guy that was just running circles around guys during training camp the past two years. And he could be a guy that you just send down the field and get wide open past the safety. And he could have two receptions for two touchdowns and 112 yards because he had two 60-yard grabs. That is true. You get those guys that clear out and they're behind the safety and the QB just launches it. I think that that's... You get major fantasy production. Yeah, and if... If Pittsburgh was watching film last week and said, oh, he really likes throwing it to DeAndre Hopkins, and they really mm-hmm. try to clamp DeAndre Hopkins, I could see that being a problem for DeAndre Hopkins, and then them just throwing over the top to Westbrook Akine and Kyle Phillips. I don't think Traylon Burks is really going to do anything. Yep. Yeah, that- it is interesting. I'm just looking at like stats of defenses against like running backs against wide receivers pittsburgh is 25th against running backs and then against wide receivers they are 29th tennessee is 26th against wide receivers and running backs they are 12th against running backs so tennessee's run defense is really good both these passing offenses though are interesting we just got to have QBs be able to get the ball to our wide receivers, though, if we want to have a shootout of a game. Yeah. I mean, just the distribution is going to be the biggest thing. Can Kenny Pickett stay on target? Not make mistakes that are going to give short field position to Tennessee and 
can Will Levis do the same? Yep. I think that wraps up our Thursday night look ahead. I'm really excited to break down some of the games this weekend. Got four teams on bye, so we'll be doing that in our next episode, probably tomorrow or Friday. World Series, kind of shout out MLB at the end of the episode. World Series, is game one was so exciting to watch. Next three games were absolute sleepers. I don't think it's great for the MLB, and I think that they should change the playoff format, but that is a conversation for a different day. Texas, one win away. Texas is one win away from the World Series. So we'll see if they can close it out tonight in Arizona or if Arizona will be going back trying to force a game seven. Yep. BH, be an interesting one. Have you watched any NBA this year? I watched a little bit of the NBA. Obviously, our Nuggets. Shout out to them. I go back to back. Been watching them. I'm actually but, uh, like kind of a big fan of Slenderman Man by Anna. Yeah, that was like, as far as like, I've never been like a super big fan of like Halloween and Halloween costumes. I think like some of it can be like pretty kitty, but that wasn't a bad one by him. I'm like, dude, that like legit looked like Slender Man. <laughs> I mean, I like more than so, the costume. I think he, he's kind of a fun player to watch. He's so tall and lanky, but he's got handles and he is. The Spurs are kind of a fun team to watch. Yeah, he is. I mean, nobody else in the league is like him. I think the closest as far as like lengthwise is Kevin Durant, just with how lengthy like body he is. But yeah, I mean, we saw the other night, like dude's like literally one dribble from the three-point line and he's already at the rim. Like it's hard to guard guys like that. But at the same time, like he is not very big. So we'll see if he can bang with guys like Nurchic, Jokic, these guys that are seven foot, but they outweigh this guy by like 150 pounds. Dude, so he dunked from outside we'll of the see. circle the other day. So I don't think he really needs to bend. Like, I don't think he really needs to bang around with these guys. I think he just needs to dunk on top of them. I think he's going to take like one little shoulder and realize like, if it's like a Jokic, like, oh, he's not moving. Let me just jump over the top of him. Did you see the... The picture of his arm dunking on that one literally looks like it MJ looks Space Jam. Space Jam. Yeah, I was just about to say that. It <laughs> like just reminds Space me of Space Jam. Jam. He's yeah. the first player that's he ever just, been like so Space Jam. Jam. It's it's absolutely. Yeah. I think he is an alien. He yeah, dude. He is a like freak athlete of nature. Like nobody else in, that, in the league has that kind of range. But yeah, we'll see. I didn't think the uh, Clippers and the um, I was about to say Sixers trade was interesting. James Harden to the I don't, I don't know what's up with that one to the Clippers. <laughs> I think that their I owner did see though that I did see it though at like the um, odds now for the Clippers to win the West Division went up, and I'm like, really? Like you 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 have Kawhi, you have Paul George, um. Westbrook and Harden now. You need Kawhi to play, first of all. Like, he needs to be able to play a full game and not just be injured and collect his his salary and his paycheck. So, we'll see. I don't think bringing Harden in is going to change anything with the Clippers. No, it's just an over-the-hill team. I think it's pretty funny. Yeah. I think the Clippers owner is just trying to open an arena with big names that can sell jerseys. So, I found that super funny. They think that they're going to compete in the West. Imagine... All these teams just keep adding guys and adding guys. We saw the Suns do it with Bradley Beal this summer. Yep. All to beat 
Jokic, who was literally like, oh, thank God the NBA season's over so I can go hang out with my horses back in Serbia. (laughs) These teams are building super teams just to beat Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. Yep. So literally just beat those two guys. So, yeah, dude, I'm excited. Uh, The in-season tournament, too. That that might be interesting. That starts here this next week. So, Yeah, I'm actually kind of hyped. I saw that some teams are doing alternate courts. Which is kind of yeah, fun. Yeah, they look sweet. Which is kind of fun. Yeah, I posted I posted the Nuggets one, and I got a bunch of people like respond back to me, and they're like, "We hate it." And I'm like, "What? Like that actually looks pretty cool. Like have blue and the yellow stripe coming down the middle, and then 5280. Yeah, they look sweet. I, there was a few on there, or like um, I'd have to look back. San Antonio's looks a little weird, but I know they're kind of going off of um, Hispanic heritage for that one. And there was another one that looked kind of funky, but I think they all look sweet. It'd be cool to like watch an NBA game because we've, we've been seeing like style, different courts, different colors, like putting color in the three point line, putting color in the paint, different borders, all that kind of stuff for like years. People have been creating that stuff online. So it'd be actually pretty cool to actually see like a different court to be able to play on. I mean, past couple of years, the only ones I can think of are um, Charlotte and the Horn or, or not Charlotte Pelicans where they kind of change up their, their court style. So we'll see. Is it the Pelicans? It's not the Pelicans. Who is it? No, it's the Charlotte Hornets. Is it the Charlotte Hornets? It is Charlotte. I was right. Yeah, Charlotte's been the one that's kind of changed it up to that kind of gray and kind of aqua green kind of look. So we'll see. But I do think the in-season tournament will make, like, in-season basketball in the NBA at least more enjoyable to watch. Because you get to, like, mid-season with these guys, and it's so brutal. Because you're expecting to turn the game on, you're like, I'm going to watch Jokic and Murray or I'm going to watch LeBron and AD. And then you figure out like, oh, it's their game that they're sitting out of, like their their rest game. Yeah, it's I like, think the rule changes. I'm literally going to watch the 10, 11, 12 game, 12, 11, or 11, 12 guys play the game. So I think the rule yeah, change around load management was a great idea. I think that yeah. the league needed that. I'm excited for them to lock yeah. down on flop calls this year. It'll be interesting to see who leads the NBA in flops. Oh, it'll still be LeBron. <laughs> um, going back to the court thing, though, <laughs> changing up the courts and different things. This is my message to Adam Silver. He'll never hear it because what does he care about me? But taking the Larry O'Brien trophy off of the middle of the court in the finals and the finals oh, like in cursive on the court, taking that off of the courts in the finals was the worst thing the NBA ever did. That was one of my favorite things as a kid, seeing the Spurs logo with the Larry O'Brien trophy behind it. I thought that was so legit. I thought that, that made that moment so much bigger. I I wish that oh, we could have yeah. seen that trophy behind the Nuggets logo last year at midcourt. But I wish yep. I wish the NBA would have a little bit more fun with court design. I think that some of the courts are super boring. We see in yeah. the final four, they I wish, like, I just wish all sports would have more fun with like different designs, different color schemes, all that kind of stuff. I, I just wish there wasn't so many like regulations on that stuff. I mean, football does it. Basketball does it. Uh, hockey does it too. No, like, the MLB has had so sport. much fun with the city connect uniforms. I think that the yeah. I think that the city editions of the jerseys every year in the NBA are a bit much, but I wish 
Yeah. I wish other sports would just have more jersey combinations. I think it's so much fun when the NFL has their alternate jerseys. I thought all the teams looked oh, slick yeah. this weekend with the Oilers, with yep. the Seahawks, throwbacks. Those are awesome. The creamsicle Buccaneer yep. jerseys were way cool. <laughs> so I wish, <laughs> I wish the NFL would just like lighten up with all this stuff. They're fining Tyreek Hill for not wearing socks. Who cares? That is Who never. Cares? He's not wearing socks. Imagine sitting on the couch and being like, Dad, this ruins my day. This dude's we're not wearing socks. <laughs> yeah, seriously. That just makes me think of that commercial. I don't remember who it is, but the guy walks through the security at TSA. And then, like, the flight, the TSA agent's like, enjoy your flight. And he's like, oh, yeah, you, yeah, too. you too. And they're and like, they bro. Just, like, rip and ream him. And then at the very end, he's putting his shoes back on. And some dude in the background's like, you don't even have socks on, man, dude. Get it together. Yeah. <laughs> The only guy that's offended is the guy in that video. Yeah. Is the guy in that video. If you're not wearing socks, he's going to find you. But yeah, it's like, dude, I think I think the NFL does a lot of that to create these ridiculous fines to keep pulling in money left and right. Like, I think there's some bad reasons behind why they find dudes like. Um, no, I think it would be better for the game if Miles Garrett had like his face painted as a clown. For the game. Imagine lining up across from a defensive lineman and his oh. face is painted like a scary clown. Like the NFL could That'd have so nuts. much more fun. And I'm not saying everyone oh, yeah. should paint their face like it's a state fair or something. But I think <laughs> the players should just have fun and enjoy what they're doing. Enjoy what they're wearing. If yeah. they want to wear like the NBA changed it so that they could wear whatever shoes they wanted a few years ago. And it yep. has made zero impact on me watching the game. Zero. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. Yep. Maybe we just need to lighten up a little bit, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that in season tournament. It's gonna be fun. Yeah. And then hockey. I haven't watched a lot of hockey this year, but Dude, uh I haven't watched a lot of hockey either, but like the one thing at least with hockey this year was that kind of crazy incident that happened where the guy literally got kicked in the face by the other guy and the skate cut his throat open and the guy ended up passing away. Did you not see this? I did not see this. Yeah. You need to look it up. It's, I think it was the penguins, um, minor league, um, guy kind of skated by him. I'm not going to like say that the guy intentionally did it, but in the video, it kind of looks like it. I mean, this was a guy that defensively wise has the most minutes in the minor leagues. Oh my and gosh. Dude just skates right by him. Skate is kind of up towards his head. Dude's throat gets cut. Yeah, it's pretty sad and yeah, I've, I'm oh. prayers go out to the family of that guy, but I did not dude, even it's like see you're 29, this. you're playing hockey. Yeah, it's like you least expect that to happen when you're 29 playing hockey in the minor leagues like that's just a freak of thing. I know there's been incidents in years past. That's why like hockey is always implemented, like neck guards and ways to keep guys safe. Cause like when hockey was first a thing, it's like dudes were literally just in skates on the ice and they were like plowed, like checking each other all over and fighting and dudes heads were cracking on the ice. But I always think the NHL's done a good job of like, how do we keep this game safe? Um, but yeah, that was a crazy incident with hockey this year. With that, it was like, whoa, that's that's scary. Yeah, that's insane. Prayers go out to that family, like you said. That is, I can't. No. I looked it up. There's videos. I can't watch a video of that. That would make me uneasy. 
That probably make you bleed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the yeah, NHL. Rogers hemophilia. Yeah, throw that into the podcast. <laughs> if you know anything about hemophilia, email the show. Mm-hmm. All righty, I think that that wraps up our Wednesday podcast. Anything else you want to share? You've been watching any badminton lately? Nope. Actually, I think you should try out for the. Badminton? Yeah, I think you should try out for the flag football team for the USA. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I would definitely want to go do that, dude. It's like I think that you. Play I think that you could have a lot of success USA. playing some math teacher from from Lithuania. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. That's what I'm saying. It's like, what are these other countries going to have as their flag football Heck, team? Should I try out? This I think that I sense. might actually have, I'd pull something, but I think that that'd actually be a lot of fun. <laughs> I think that the USA should put together a team that is not NFL players. Because, yes, I think it'd be funny to watch Tyreek oh, yeah. Hill line up against a guy from Lithuania, but at the same time, I kind of like to just see like a bunch of like dads on the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on the USA team, just average Joe. Yeah, yeah. Let's make some other guy a superstar. Like, oh, this is Joe Smith from yep. Pennsylvania. He's a plumber back home, but he is plumbing this defense right up. Yeah, that would be. That, I think they need to do that. Obviously, NFL guys are gonna want to do that, but pick some guys that are not already playing football professionally, and let's see how they can do against some other countries. So, but yeah, other than that, no, I got nothing else. The Olympics have gotten out of hand. I think the Olympics started as like we should we should put all the best athletes against each other. They'll run and they'll yeah. fight. That's about it. And now it's like you're good at table yeah. tennis? Go to the Olympics. Yeah. Seriously. I don't know. I just I I'm surprised there's not like online gaming in the Olympics. I thought they did. Like, hey, let's play some Fortnite 1v1. I thought they did add eSports. I thought that that was on the ballot for them to add. I thought that they added it. Did they? They might have. I don't know. Oh, that'd be nuts. I don't know. That'd be crazy. But when podcasting is an Olympic sport, you and I will be trying out for the team. Oh, absolutely. So our journey starts now. All right. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Talking Sports. We've really enjoyed our time here. We'll see you either Thursday or Friday when we release our next episode. Deuces, G. See ya.